Hello, kitties, and welcome to This Could Be My Last Podcast. I'm your host, Brenda, the girl who puts Uki back in spooky, joining you today from her haunted mansion to share spooky stories for all those who like to scream in the night or who like to put the creep back in creeper. So sit back with your favorite witch's brew on this fun Halloween special as some of my favorite people share their ghost encounters get messages from the beyond, and end the evening in the basement of Renee's house. I promise it'll be worth a listen. story this evening is going to be one shared by Jen. Something followed her home. Warning, this does include casual conversation about miscarriage. Take care of your mental health. Hi, um, I'm Jen. I've had multiple encounters with ghosts. Um, I'm here to tell you my story about Doug. Um, In 2006, I was pregnant and I lost my baby a week shy of being four months pregnant. So I had to go into the hospital and have a DNA because you have to excavate a small child out of you at that point. Um, so I went to the hospital or anything. And the day I came home, I felt different. I felt, I thought I felt different because, you know, I lost a baby and I was devastated that for some reason I just couldn't have a child. So I kept feeling like somebody was watching me like, something was there. I just thought it was the burden of miscarrying. And it kind of progressed into like, I would hear things and I would hear noises. And then my husband's in the Coast Guard and we lived in Coast Guard housing. And a lot of people said, you know, because it's in Cape May, you have ghosts and you'll just hear stuff in the houses because they're old. So I just kind of wrote it off in the beginning. Well, he went on a, I don't know if he was on a patrol at the time or if he had gone up to like Rhode Island to fix a boat, but he was gone for about a week. And I had fallen asleep in bed and I woke up to feeling like something was staring at me. So I don't wear my glasses when I go to sleep. And I have a nightlight in the hallway that's outside of my bedroom door. I couldn't see the nightlight, but I could see the silhouette of a man. So I grabbed my glasses real fast to see who was in my room. And as soon as I put my glasses on, it disappeared and I could see the light, nightlight again. My dogs didn't stir, they didn't move. So I was like, okay, I'm just dreaming. It's crazy coincidence. A couple days later, I heard somebody calling my voice from downstairs, and sometimes my parents would just show up at my house and open the door and be like, hey, Jen, I'm here. But it wasn't Jen, it wasn't my father's voice, but it was a man's voice. And I would hear Jen, and I would go downstairs, like, thinking something was in my house, and no one would be there. And then sometimes I'd be downstairs, and I'd hear footsteps upstairs, and then I'd hear my name upstairs, but again, I'd be alone. So weeks kind of went by, and as it would progress, you could always feel like this when I was alone. I could feel like an energy in the room. Like I could feel this, just that uncomfortable, like your hairs kind of want to stand up, but you don't know what it is, but you're like, well, you know, I'm by myself. Everything kind of amplifies as a woman. Um, so we progress, we end up moving to Virginia. And in Virginia, my husband was on a boat and I was by myself a lot. And toys in our house would start going off and they would just start talking after I had my, I had a second, oh, miscarried. And then I had my next daughter, um, her toys that didn't have batteries in it would start talking randomly. And you'd be like, 
okay, um, where is that coming from? And I'd go hunt down this toy and I'd pull a toy out of the box and have no batteries in it. The same bear did it repeatedly for a week threw that damn thing in the trash outside. <laughs> it did not return to my house because it kept talking and I couldn't figure out what was going on. Anytime my husband came, came home, lights and stuff would flicker on, flicker off. And I would hear again in Virginia, my voice randomly, I'd hear footsteps, my dogs would go crazy. Um, they'd be barking at one spot and then they'd run and they'd get a toy and then they'd run the toy back and they like they were playing with somebody and then they would put it down and then they'd run away and then they'd come back and they'd grab the toy and then they'd go run off and come back again. So they would always stare at the same spot and I never was sure like what they were doing. And I'm like, okay, this house must be haunted too. Like what is going on? I moved to Maryland because we constantly are, like I said, Coast Guard, you constantly move. So I moved to Maryland and my girlfriends say, hey, you want to go see a psychic? And I'm like thinking they're going to read my palms. And it's not that. It's, uh, it's a psychic who speaks to the dead. So he didn't know my name because I paid with cash and I was an add-on. So my name was not there. So there's no way this man could look me up on Facebook or any social media net sites and find any information out about me. So he starts the reading, he does the meditation or anything. And then he's talking to somebody and he turns to me and he says, wow, you brought your own ghost with you. We're going to come back to that in a second. And he turns and he finished talking to the girl. So he turns to me and he says, you have a ghost that's with you. And I'm like, what? And he's like, do you feel the ghost that's, he's with you? He likes you. He, he follows you where you go. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and he's like, no, there's a ghost. It's always with you. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, does he stare at me a lot? And he's like, well, yeah, he likes you. He found your aura and he followed you. He said, you lost a baby. And I'm like, what? And he's like, you miscarried a baby. You were in the hospital and you had to have a baby excavated out of your body. Correct. And I was like, yes. And he's like, yeah, this ghost saw your aura. He was dying in the hospital. He saw your aura and it's extremely bright. And he decided to follow it because he wants to be part of that aura. So he has been with you since you lost this baby in 2006. So quick little backstory. When we moved to Maryland, we had a dining room kitchen with a dimmer switch um, slid up and down. My oldest daughter was three and my littlest one was only two months old when we moved in. I would blame my husband every day for turning on this damn light over the dining room table because he would push it down, but the light would always not be completely off. So you could see the filament let up every day. And I'd be like, can you turn this damn thing off? Like learn how to push the switch over the little clicker. And he's like, I didn't do it. And I'm like, our kids are too small. They can't reach the switch. So who else is doing it if it's not me? So the psychic turns to me and he says, the ghost that's with you wants you to know your husband's not leaving the light on over the dining room table. It's him and he's really sorry. Your husband makes him extremely nervous when he comes into the room and that he can turn things on and off, but then when your husband makes him nervous, he can't physically touch the plane anymore and it messes him up, so he leaves the light on. And he's really sorry, so you gotta stop yelling at your husband about it. And my husband would complain, he'd walk downstairs and the kitchen set of the girls would start talking and different toys would make different noise all the time. And, um, alarms would go off and stuff whenever my husband walked in certain rooms. And then he would go out and be gone again. And I would hear my name and see different things. And one night laying in bed and I kind of, I stirred, I don't know, something woke me up and I saw a guy go down the hallway into my bed, my daughter's bedroom. I thought it was my husband. So I think she might've cried. I think that might've been what woke me up. And I put my hand out and my husband's in bed with me. And I'm like, oh my God there's a man in the house. So I jump up and I run to him and there's nobody in the room. 
So the psychic says that my ghost wants me to know that the portal to get in and out of this world was in my daughter's bedroom and ghosts came and came and go or come and go through the portal in her bedroom. So he would look after my girls and I'm like, Oh my God. So I'm like, can you tell me his name? I'm like, I currently call him Joe. I'm like, because I don't know his name. So I just say Joe because I figure that's like an average name. And the psychic says, um, he doesn't want us to, he doesn't want you to know his name right now. But I'm sure if he can touch this plane, that if you ask him his name at some point, he'll tell you. Okay. And everybody I work with, or that was at the party was like, oh my God, are you freaked out? Now you have, you found out you have a ghost that comes with you. And I'm like, well, I've kind of always had ghosts around me. I can feel them. I know they're there. I'm like, but to know that I'm not crazy is a little bit better. Um, so I go home and it had been a few weeks and the light over the dining room table was on again. So I did the whole, okay, Joe, can you turn off the light when you're going to play with it? <clears throat> and the light flickered. And I'm like, oh, so you're here. Do you want to tell me your name? You know, nothing. I'm like, well, do you want to let me know what your name is? I'm like, so I can call you your proper name if it's not Joe. And then next thing you know, one of the toys in my daughter's, there's like, I had bins under our TV. You hear, hi, I'm Dr. Doug. And I'm like, uh is your name Doug? And it turns on again and it goes, hi, I'm Dr. Doug. So I was like, if your name is Doug, turn the light on. And he turned the light on. And I was like, so your name is Doug. You what, Would you like me to call you Doug instead of jo uh, Joe? If you want me to call you Doug, turn the light back off. And he turned the light off. So then I knew his name was Doug. So I started calling him Doug. And I would feel him all the time. My daughter's light bulb in her bedroom blew out. I was going to go change it. I came home. The light bulb was working. So I assumed my husband changed it. I said, oh, did you change the light bulb in the girl's room? He's like, no. And I'm like, I guess Doug did. I guess Doug fixed the light bulb. It's working again. And then like a few days later, it blew out. That was like our ongoing joke is that Doug's my new boyfriend and he would live with us. Well, in 2019, I was in a car accident and it was really weird. I'm driving along. It was a snowy day. It was February 1st. And we had a lot of snow here. I was coming down a one-way street that has a bunch of streets that run into it in Maryland. And the roads are all like 25 miles per hour. As I'm driving, I, was, I wasn't I was going over the speed limit, but because it was snowy, I'm pretty sure I was going a little bit less than the speed limit. But I caught something in the rear view mirror that looked like a man. So I turned to look to see who was in my back seat because I started to freak out. And I slowed down. If I had not slowed down, I would have been hit on the direct front of my car versus I was T-boned and spun. So um, the teenager who was doing 45 and a 25 thought he was going to take the corner and not have a car in the way. He hit me and my car was completely totaled and I had spun out. They thought I broke my neck and they kept me in a collar or anything. They x-rayed me at the hospital and they then CT scanned me because they were like, you're, I couldn't feel my legs. They were going numb. So like, you're paralyzed. We think we're going to check you and everything. So since that day, I'm pretty sure it was Doug that was actually in the back of my car because I have not felt him with me since. So I don't know if he needed to give up something like for him to protect me, he couldn't be here anymore. So like he literally is now gone. Like I have not felt him. I haven't heard him. And it has been two years going into two years now, February 24, uh, 2021 will be two years. They're definitely there. Um, your, your spider sense goes off. You'll feel that tingling that, you you feel it on the back of your neck there it's somebody in your house like somebody's there my father died in 2020 
he constantly leaves me things to remind me. Um, like, I know he's here. I'll hear his voice. The random thing is at my house, I came up a platform. My roommate doesn't smoke. I don't smoke, but I could smell cigarette smoke and it smelled like marbles. I knew it was my dad. Um, so they're definitely here. Um, I am sad that Doug's no longer here. I do think about him frequently. I miss my late flicking <laughs> toy setting off uh, friend, but I think if he gave his life to his soul or his spirit to like protect me, I'm grateful for that because it gave me more time. That's my story of Doug. <laughs> Sometimes you're followed home by a Doug, and sometimes you're not. Our next story comes from Kelly, who shares messages from beyond with a medium. Makes me want to have a seance, but nobody in my family likes me, like seriously, like nobody. Kelly and I am going to tell you about um, a medium reading that I had done a few years ago. Um, so I'm definitely a believer in otherworldly things and spirits and psychic readings and things like that. Um, but I have a little bit of skepticism too. Uh, I'd say like a healthy dose. I was visiting a friend in Orlando and we went to Casadega and that is basically um, a spiritual commune. Everybody that lives uh, there is either a tarot card reader or a psychic or a medium, what have you. So we went to a place called the Purple Rose, and I don't remember the name of the medium that I saw, but she she looked like anybody. She looked like somebody you'd see at the grocery store. Um, and I chose, there were 15-minute, uh, 30-minute, 45-minute readings. Um, I chose a 15-minute reading, and I will always regret that because um, the information that she gave me, I really wish I had invested in a half an hour or 45 minutes. So I went into my reading and I didn't tell this woman anything about myself. Um, and even before, even when I was in the waiting room, I just kind of made sure not to give away any information about myself because I didn't want anybody to overhear anything. There's that skepticism. As soon as I sat down, the medium told me that there was a woman co coming through and it was an older woman, and she felt like uh, it was from my mother's side of the family. Um, now, I had been secretly hoping that if anything was going to come through, it was going to be from my mom, who is my mother's mother, who had passed away from cancer in 2003. Um, she was really kind of the glue of our family, and um, so it was a really big deal when, when she was gone. Uh, the medium asks me if both of my grandmothers were alive. And I was like, well, no, they're both actually dead. And she says, well, I feel like this one's, this is an older woman coming from your mother's side. The medium tells me that this woman wants me to know that she's, she's with me from time to time. I kind of had had, had that feeling in the past because when my mom passed away, I was at work and I got the call and I immediately dropped everything and left work. And I'm. it was hot that day, and the air conditioner in my car didn't work, so I had to have my windows down. And I'm driving down the Pennsylvania Turnpike, which normally smells like fumes and, you know, tires and what have you. All I could smell was flowers. And my mom was an avid gardener, and um, her favorite flower was um, 
hyacinths. And that's that was the smell that was flooding into my car. And it followed me all the way back home to Delaware to my parents' house where she had passed away. The medium said that, um, you know, that she's with me from time to time. And I asked, well, how do I know that she's with me? The medium says, well, there's there's a scent. You smell flowers when she's nearby, even when you think that you shouldn't be smelling flowers. And, you know, it chills. I was like, okay, this this is the real deal. So then the medium also uh, mentioned my son, uh, who at the time was about a year and a half old. And she didn't mention by name, of course, um, but she said that there was a young boy in her vision and and he he was always running around and smiling. And this older woman just loved to see him running around and said that he was a pill. And I always refer to my son as being a pill when he's being difficult to deal with. She said that the medium had said this woman said that the boy was the apple of her eye and just really enjoyed him. And my mom always favored the boys in the family. So it's not surprising to me at all that she, you know, how much she enjoyed him. And she never obviously never got to meet him. My son was born in 2014 and she died in 2003. The biggest moments in the reading that I wouldn't realize how big it was until afterward uh, was she kept bringing up a bracelet. She said she sees a bracelet. Um, the, the woman is showing her a bracelet. You know, the only thing I could think of, you know, with a connection between my mom and a bracelet was a um, charm bracelet that my mother had. And it was a Wizard of Oz charm bracelet. And the, the medium was saying, no, it's, it's, a, it's like a heavy chain and it has evenly spaced stones on it. And I was like, oh, well, I don't, I don't know anything about that. And so I kind of like blew it off as like, okay, well, you know, she's losing me here. Later on, I would call my mother and find out that in her life, my mom had only ever given her two bracelets. One was the Wizard of Oz charm bracelet. And the other one was a chain bracelet with evenly spaced polished stones on it. And, and she sent me a picture of it and it was exactly what the medium was describing. My mom in, in the medium's vision also wanted me to relay to my mother that um, she's there with her. Um, sorry, I'm getting a little choked up. <laughs> she, um, my mother became very depressed after her mother passed away and she would spend days and days in bed. And my mom in her spirit form, I guess, would kneel down next to my mother and hum my mom had a terrible singing voice. I mean, it was just clear room if she started singing and, but she loved to hum and she would walk around and hum all day. And so the fact that this medium was telling me that mom would kneel down to next to my mother and hum to her. And there were some other more personal things that she said about me at the time uh, of this reading. I was in a very uh, toxic work situation. And I was feeling very trapped and didn't know how to get out of this situation because I basically was staying at this job out of obligation for my family. It's a good paycheck, good everything, except it was a terrible situation. And uh, the medium says to me, she says, you have a boulder in front of you and you've been struggling for a long time to find a way over it. And it seems like the harder you try, the harder it is to get over or around this boulder you know, that all felt very true. And she told me, you know, you just have to let it go and it will work itself out. And she went on to say that I was going to be recognized for, um, in my professional life and that 
you know, money was going to really start to come in. And I laughed at her and I said, well, surely that's not going to happen where I am now, you know, because the, it's just not going to be that way. And I said, if you see money coming in, it's because I'm opening up an unemployment check. She kind of laughed and she said, well, you know, maybe that's the way it has to be. And, and that'll be for the best. Now, this was in 2015. It took two years, but two years later, I was laid off from my job. In between that time, I had been building up my design business. And by the time I left or was laid off from my previous job, I was basically walking right into another full paycheck and making more money than I actually had been. Yeah. So basically that's how it all went down. And, and she said a lot of things that really spoke to me and, and a lot of things that really felt very, very true. And I guess, uh, I'm a believer now, <laughs> a full, full on believer. <laughs> Are you a believer also? Next and final story of the evening. We take a visit to Renee's basement. Don't worry, you might come back. Warning, do not listen before going to bed. Hi, my name is Renee. My scary story started when I was little. Um, the house I grew up in was built by my parents when my mom was pregnant with me. And um, it was a ranch-style home, but it had a basement. The basement was finished, but at the bottom of the stairs, there was this kind of like a mud room where in the winter we would go straight down there to take off our boots and our snow stuff and all of that. Um, so it had a little closet and it was like a tile floor, but in one of the walls there was a crawl space and it was literally just an opening in the wall, probably about three feet up from the ground um, and then it would go a couple feet back and then behind the wall. It was storage space, um, and it was really creepy. <laughs> um, I remember correctly, like, the walls were stone or concrete. Um, it was just very much like, you know, normal finished basement, but then creepy hole in the wall, and you go back, and, and it was very, like... Um, kind of horror movie-ish, I guess, which, which you would picture um, a creepy hole to look like. And my parents never really stored anything in there, so it was always empty. And so you would go downstairs, and there was that little room, um, and then you would go through kind of like a double door width archway, and then the rest of the basement opened up to be like the whole size of my house. So it was huge. And there was a pool table down there and some other stuff, like some couches and, and a little TV and a record player and the and the laundry room was down there. And there was another little room, was kind of the same as the uh, crawl space in the sense that it wasn't like finished, but um, it went behind the stairs. Had like there was like a well. We had our, our own well system. Um, when my parents were building the house, there was a lot of water issues, so they had to put in their own well. Um, and so that was 
back in that other room, but um, it was always locked because my mom would always put like the Christmas presents and stuff in that room. But otherwise, the basement was huge and carpeted and finished, and we would play down there all the time. That was like our playroom. And it had two like um, half windows, you know, like window wells. Um, where from the outside it's kind of sunken down, but from the inside of the basement, you can like kind of like half see the window, but it let in some natural light. Um, and so I had had, I think I had had a sleepover. Um, and so there were like five of my friends over one day and, um, we were down in the basement and we had all of the lights off and we were, sitting on top of the pool table. The pool table was positioned um, in the basement so that if you looked straight through that archway into that little mud room, you could see that opening to the crawl space in the wall. So we had all the lights off, but like I said, because we had those two window well windows, in the actual basement itself, it wasn't that dark. Um, it was fairly dark inside, like, the little mudroom section. We're all sitting on top of the pool table. There's about five of us, and then me, you know, we're girl talking. We're probably around 12 at this time, and, um, something just caught my eye. I was the first one to see it, so I looked over at that crawl space. In the opening was this shadow person, um... But it didn't really look like a person. It was like a creature. It was on like all fours, but like it was like crouched. So almost like froggy style, like crouched on its hunches, on its haunches, um, with its hands in between its front legs. But it's almost like its knees were so tall that they were up by its shoulders. And it was all black. Like you couldn't see features or anything just the scariest thing I have ever seen in my life and it's just sitting there staring at us even though it didn't really have eyes like its head was in our direction and I noticed it first and I just froze and looked at it and slowly one by one my friends saw what I was looking at and they turned their heads and they saw it too as we all saw it and we're staring at it, it jumped down and ran up the stairs. In like the creepiest, inhuman, super fast, creature demon way. And we screamed all at the same time. And then I laugh at this, we had nowhere else to go. The only way to go was up those stairs. So we ran up the stairs, too, because we just wanted out of that basement. And it was horrifying. As the years went by, I kind of almost convinced myself I had made it up, I guess. And then, like, two years ago, I had a visit with one of those friends that was there. And without even bringing it up, she said, hey, remember when we were in your basement? And we saw that creepy shadow thing. And it just goosebumps all over again. Okay, so she remembers this too, exactly like I did. And then about a year after that, 
we got together with another one of those friends that was there, and she remembered it, too. So I didn't make it up. I never saw anything else like that. And my parents built the house. So maybe they dug something up. I don't know. Maybe they dug something up. Or maybe something followed her home. I want to thank you for listening today. Music by Elaine Douglas. Artwork by Sarah Stroud. All research conducted by Brenda Cheslock. Look for me on social media and click and subscribe wherever podcasts are sold. Or this could be my last podcast. <laughs>